Well, the direction seems to be fairly clear of late, doesn't it? The dollar has continued downwards in the US. Gold is sticking on its upward trajectory. Shares are rallying ever higher. And right now, Treasury yields are down. But how long can it all go on for? And what does it mean for the Aussie dollar, which at 72.5 US cents is climbing back beyond prices that we saw last year? It's Wednesday, the 19th of August, 2020. It's the morning call from NAB. Good morning. Well, another 0.6% off the US dollar on the DXY. It's now the lowest since May 2018. The biggest move up has been the pound. It's up over 1%, 1, 1.1% actually. The euro up over half a percent. The yen about the same. The Aussie and the Canadian dollars both up about 0.4%. The Kiwi dollar up 07 And look, it's a familiar tale. As the US dollar goes down, equities go up. The Nasdaq is up 0.8% on top of yesterday's record close. Where's it going to end? The S&P 500 also up 0.3% and breaking new highs as well, whereas shares are down in Europe, a 0.8% fall in the FTSE, half percent down for the Eurostox 50. And the other familiar tale, gold is up again, 0.7% up, back over $2,000 an ounce for COMEX. Silver, 1.1% up, 56% up on the year so far. And 10-year Treasury yields down two basis points. 30 years are down three points. Now, look, yesterday uh, we talked about housing, how it seems to be recovering well in the United States and other places. Well, Tampa Strickland joins me today with the with the numbers, direct economics and markets at NAB in Sydney. US housing starts and building permits will be today's excuse for perhaps for the for the enthusiasm in the markets because both are up. Good morning, Phil. Yes, there hasn't been a lot of uh, data out overnight, and really those uh, housing starts and permits uh, did set off uh, the equity market at least to a fairly positive start. Mm. Uh, so housing permits and starts were up, both up around uh, 20% on the month and all well above the consensus which was sitting around a 5% increase in the month and is one of those key indicators that suggests the health of the US consumer is still pretty good and that the US economy in general uh, is a uh, is, is starting to recover there. And uh, as you're saying, the housing sector is one of the bright spots in the economy, driven by record low rates and yep. uh, perhaps some desire to move uh, to the suburbs for some as well. Yeah. And also, you know, if we're, if we're having to cocoon, uh, you might as well make sure you're living in a decent place. I think there's a bit of that probably going on as well. But is that enough to explain the stock market? I mean, you know, they, they, it's just another, normally it wouldn't be. But investors do seem convinced that we are well on the way to uh, economic recovery in the United States. I mean, but uh, is, there, is there enough to, to, to keep on hitting these record highs? Or dare I say it, is there a chance that equities, gold, bonds are all getting, particularly uh, gold and equities, are getting uh, overvalued, particularly if there's, uh, if there's no stimulus coming along? It's a very interesting question there. And uh, just with the S&P 500 hitting a looks like it's going to close, uh, I think Mark closes in a few minutes, looks like it's going to close at a new uh, record high there, which would make the fastest recovery from a bear market uh, in, in in history. Um, and really driving that uh, still mm. remains uh, some notion of plateauing in new virus cases in, in the US. Uh, very big hopes around a vaccine uh, and effective treatment. And we do get those first phase three results, hopefully, uh, at the end of August uh, or even uh, in early September. And that's going to be quite crucial in terms of justifying uh, the market's view on this. And then the other factor is uh, central banks. So central banks are obviously pumping a lot of liquidity in the market. And uh, we get the FOMC minutes uh, uh, later today. Uh, and I think that's going to be looked Don't at worry. quite carefully, yeah. uh, especially um, for any hints on exactly what the Fed could do regarding uh, forward guidance. 
And there's been a lot of talk about whether the Fed could adopt an average inflation target. And the Fed's Kaplan recently noted, I would be willing to see inflation run moderately above 2% in the aftermath of periods where we've been persistently below. Um, and the Fed's Evans is also on the record recently saying they wouldn't be concerned uh, if inflation, sorry, they would only be concerned if inflation were above 2.5%. So it does suggest the Fed is willing to run the economy uh, pretty hot. Um, and in that context, um, equities uh, look like a, a, a pretty good market in that sense. Uh, the other interesting aspect is there has been a lot of flow of retail money uh, in, into stocks. And uh, Fidelity uh, reported um, that uh, the number of trades in the second quarter was up 134% on last year's levels. Um, so that does tell you there's a lot of uh, trading activity occurring in the equity market at the moment. And that uh, the, the, uh, Fidelity saw 1.2 million new retail accounts opened last quarter. So it does suggest uh, the retail investor is... Uh, part of the reason why um, equity gains are driving up. And one illustration of that is uh, if you look at Tesla, so uh, Tesla is um, going to undertake a stock split effective on August 31. And uh, over the past week alone, Tesla stock is up 37%. He's now the fourth richest man. Yeah. Elon Musk has made $57 billion this year uh, just on, uh, on, yeah. on on the increase in the, in the share price. I, I tell you, part of that is going to be as well. Uh, if Joe Biden wins this election, he's a big believer in electric cars, even though he drives a a very old gas guzzler. He's, uh, you know, the, I think there's an expectation perhaps that uh, he's going to force the, the green agenda a lot harder. But uh, just on that on that overvalued, I mean, if more retail investors are getting in, that, you know, that might answer the question that perhaps it is getting a little bit uh, overvalued. And if you look at the FT today, it's saying the S&P 500 is priced at nearly 23 times expected profits over the next year, which takes us to uh, .com or .bomb bubble territory. So that's a bit scary, isn't it? Oh, I, d- definitely. And there's uh, various different valuation metrics available. And uh, on other metrics, um, if, for example, if you took into account uh, where you expected yields to be at uh, for a long time. Um, some people would come to the view that the equity market is fairly valued as well. And obviously, um, it takes uh, two, two people to have uh, two different views and make a market on these kind of things. Uh, so be cautious in uh, necessarily calling the top of the equity market. But uh, it does suggest uh, you do need uh, some new uh, good news in order to drive it further well- higher. Maybe that good news is Nancy Pelosi, who said in an interview this morning that uh, the Democrats could cut their demand for fiscal stimulus if it meant reaching an agreement, cutting their demands in half, basically. We saw the US dollar edge a bit lower on that news. So that's that's another bit of enthusiasm that I'm sure markets are hanging on to. Uh, definitely. Um, so there's some, been some mixed signals around the appetite uh, for the US administration and for the uh, Democrats to come to some kind of agreement there. And it's quite encouraging what uh, Nancy Pelosi said there. And uh, no doubt those talks will uh, continue. Uh, just worth noting, um, the... Uh, Enhanced unemployment benefits. Uh, so Trump's executive order, which uh, extended that unemployment benefit, but cut that supplement uh, to uh, 300 a week from 600 a week with an extra 100 coming from the states if they were able to make those payments. Um, some recent modeling uh, by the Labor Department uh, suggests that those uh, benefits could run out within a month and a half if all states participated uh, in the scheme. Um, and so that timeline would put that benefit supplement to expire sooner than the December termination date set by Trump's order. So uh, maybe there's a little bit more impetus there in order to get uh, some kind of agreement through. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Now, the 
we do have the FRMC minutes uh, tomorrow. Perhaps they're going to be a little bit more interesting than the RBA minutes uh, yesterday. Uh, no surprise there, except maybe that the, the speed of the recovery. So they're saying unemployment's still going to be sitting above 7% in two years' time. Um, I, I guess we've got, you know, we, we've got to see confidence bounce back, haven't we, and, and people up their spending, and uh, that's going to be held back as, as long as the, the risk of the, the virus remains. And I guess that's what they're... That's the, what they're alluding to, isn't it? It's it's not going to. There's no V shape. It's going to take a couple of years at least. Yeah. So the RBA minister didn't say anything new. Um, of course, we had uh, Governor Lowe's comprehensive parliamentary testimony last Friday, and we recently had the August uh, statement on yeah. monetary policy, uh, really emphasising that they think the current policy package is uh, probably enough, uh, but they're willing to do more if uh, circumstances warranted, or, or if it were to gain uh, traction there. Uh, with with the RBA. Uh, Outlook, it's very much contingent on the path of the virus. And the RBA does have those uh, three different scenarios, uh, a baseline, an upside, and a downside scenario. And uh, if you look at the uh, new virus counts in Victoria, um, it is an encouraging sign uh, that those virus counts continue to trend lower. And uh, it's hopeful that um, the conversation uh, is uh, will start to turn exactly when we can expect some easing in restrictions in Victoria um, once those virus count numbers come further down. Well, let's hope so. But the latest trade saga with China, Australian wine might be caught up in it. Yeah, so uh, this is a really interesting thing. So um, the Chinese Ministry of Commerce uh, said it received a complaint from a local wine industry that Australian producers were dumping product uh, onto the mainland and is uh, undertaking investigation uh, into that allegation. Uh, Australia last year uh, exported, I think, about $1.2 billion worth of wine to China, uh, and that's up from around a half a billion in 2015-16. Uh, so it is a fair size uh, that is potentially uh, under threat in terms of tariffs there and comes in the context of that deteriorating bilateral relationship that we saw uh, with the uh, beef um uh, suspension and the uh, tariffs on barley as well. well. Gee, it's a nice problem to have, though. Look, if if you want to dump uh, excess wine on my doorstep, I'm not going to complain about it. I mean, you know, it's, it seems like a nice problem to have. Uh, look, the uh, the strength of the pound today. Uh, that's a curious thing, isn't it? I might have expected it earlier in the week because we had uh, Andy Haldane from the Bank of England giving a very hawkish piece in the Daily Mail on Saturday, almost reaffirming his, uh, it goes beyond belief, but reaffirming his V-shaped recovery view, saying that the GDP would uh, rise 20% over the second half of the year in the UK. It was already rising about 1% a week, he said, and the UK has already recovered half its losses after three months of growth. I mean, he was trying to counter that disastrous uh, Q2 GDP number we see. I want some of the happy tablets he's taking. Uh, but we didn't see a great reaction to that on Monday, but the pound is that what? 1%, 1.1% this session. Any ideas what's, I mean, it's, unless it's unless there's been a Brexit breakthrough that I haven't heard about, what's driving that today? No, uh, no no obvious driver that I could see on my screens. Um, there were a few headlines saying uh, Downing Street mm. is still confident that it could get uh, some kind of Brexit deal uh, in terms of a trade deal uh, done, um, uh, or at least uh, in the preliminary That's stages. That's a new line, never heard that one before. <laughs> um, but apart from that, uh, <laughs> no, no, no major driver there. But uh, just worth noting, um, the US dollar 
has uh, fallen right across uh, the G10 FX uh, board there, mm. uh, and uh, most uh, pairs are high against it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the Kiwi dollar's up, uh, picked up a bit more than the, the Aussie dollar. I guess it, it didn't like uh, the situation it had found itself in, perhaps a little bit undervalued of late. That could explain this morning's pickup. Uh, yes, 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 perhaps. Um, although it's just worth noting uh, the policy divergence between uh, Australia and New Zealand uh, is likely to continue, especially just given uh, what we're talking yeah. about with the um, RBA minutes, with the RBA saying they're pretty happy with the current policy package, but the RBNZ saying that they could do more. And then as you're talking uh, with uh, Ray, um, yeah. the approach to the virus in, in New Zealand is very much on the elimination side. Uh, and uh, in Australia, it's very much on the suppression side. And those cases, um, potentially, where the virus is spreading through chilled or frozen food, um, so yeah. investigations are still continuing in that. Um, uh, that does present some problematic uh, policy response if you were to go to an elimination strategy. Yeah, absolutely. It seems a bit unlikely, doesn't it? Look, we've got a quiet day today. We're getting UK inflation numbers for July and uh, final numbers for the euro area and, and Canada. We get the Westpac leading index for Australia this morning. Oil stocks uh, for the US early tomorrow, and that might have an impact on oil prices. And then the FOMC minutes, which we've already talked about, but that's but that's about it, isn't it, for the next 24 hours? Uh, yes, another very quiet day in terms of uh, data. The, although those FOMC minutes, I think, will be uh, watched quite closely for any hints on Ford guidance. Mm. And there's a chance, isn't there, that uh, shares will be up, the US dollar down tomorrow. But who knows? Uh, good to talk, Tapas. We'll see you again soon. Thank you. Uh, cheers. Thanks, Phil. But, but please don't take my word for that. Make your own call on that. I don't want to get the blame. That's it for today. That's the morning call from NAB. I'm Phil Dobby. Back again tomorrow morning. See you then.